On Shabbos, we read about Hashem's all-encompassing mandate to call Yisrael, Kedoshim to you, you shall be holy. When examining the Pasuk, we find that Hashem prefaces His statement of Kedoshim to you by telling Moshe Rabbeinu, Daber el kola das Yisrael, speak to the entire Kla Yisrael, make sure all of the Jewish people are present. Rashi comments, Malamet Shenemru Parsha this mitzvah was specifically given in the presence of the entire assembly of Kla Yisrael. And the question is, why was this mitzvah, more than any other mitzvah, singled out to be delivered exclusively when all of the Jewish people were present? What's the underlying message here? So I'd like to share with you an amazing idea from the Chesam Seifer. The Gemara says in Sechta Shabbos, Arba Meisu Nachash. There were four people in the history of the world that died because of the advice of the Nachash Akadmani, the primordial serpent, meaning they never committed an Avera in their entire life. They died only because death was decreed on mankind after the sin of the Eitzadas. And the four are Benyamin Ben Yaakov, Ba'amram Avi Moshe, Ba'isha Avi David, Kilav Ben David. Ask the Chesam Seifer, why doesn't history extol the virtues of these four righteous individuals? On the surface, it would seem that what they accomplished was truly remarkable. Imagine going through life without a single Avera, essentially pitching a 70-year perfect game. Jewish history lauds the great deeds of the Ovis Agdoish, Moshe Rabbeinu, David HaMelech, and these four are totally ignored. Why are they merely an obscure footnote in the Gemara? Nechsem Seifer explains, that those four people locked themselves into a room and davened and sat to Hillam all day and never served the public. They never took any leadership positions. And since they never took any risks, they aren't praised for their achievements. However, the Avasak Doshim and Moshe Rabbeinu, they were leaders of Klai Yisrael. They sacrificed their time and their privacy and their peace of mind on behalf of the Jewish people. Sure, when serving the public, there might be some potential pitfalls. Nevertheless, says the Chesam Seifer, that is the only way to achieve greatness. And that is a lot more significant in the eyes of Hashem than going through life unscathed. And perhaps that is why the command of Kedoshim Tiyu was conveyed specifically in a mass public gathering. Because a person could rationalize that the only way to achieve this level of sanctity would be to lock himself on the top of a mountain in a monastery. We might think that a person should ideally have nothing to do with other people. Don't talk to your friends, don't talk to neighbors, don't attend their simchas, don't have a job. Live a life of isolation, even stay single, don't get married. Therefore, the Torah tells us that the holiness of a recluse is not desirable. We must be holy people, but in the context of a community. We must be me'ur of bein abriyos. A person must get married and raise a family. A person must go out to work and earn a livelihood and interact with people and be involved in the community. Therefore, specifically, Kedoshim Tiyu of all mitzvahs was relayed in a mass public gathering where men, women, and children were present to emphasize that despite our obligation to achieve holiness through a certain degree of precious, however, it must be in the context of a community and in the family setting. Rav Yaakov Edelstein Zatzal, the Rav of Ramata Sharon, said over this incredible story. There was a very wealthy man that lived in the United States, and one day he decided to seek the truth about different religions. So he walks into a mosque, and he asks that they teach him all about Islam. 
So they set him up with a study partner, and after two weeks of familiarizing himself with the Quran and Islamic law, he asks to meet the Imam. They tell him that he's not available now, because every so often he goes up to heaven, and he's currently in heaven. So he tells them, I'm a very wealthy man, I'll give you as much money as you want, just take me to his so-called heaven. They lead him to an underground tunnel, and after walking a few miles in a dizzying maze, he sees the imam, strung out on drugs and alcohol. And he says to himself, this is definitely not a religion of truth. One of their laws are that you may not become inebriated. So the next day he walks into a Christian church, and he says he wants to learn all about Christianity. They teach him about the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, and they study with him the New Testament. And after two weeks, he demands to see the bishop. They tell him, he's in heaven now. So he offers them an exorbitant amount of money. And they lead him to a long underground tunnel. And according to the Catholic Church, their leaders must be celibate. However, when he finds the bishop, he's there with many of his offspring. And he says, okay, fooled me again. A few weeks later, he travels to Israel. And he walks into Eish and he sets out to explore Yiddishkeit. And after two weeks, he asks, So who is your leader? And they take him to Reb Noach Weinberg. And immediately Reb Noach, in his unique, imitable style, starts teaching him various Torah concepts. After a few weeks of learning with Reb Noach, he asks Reb Noach, Rabbi, when are you going up to Shemaim? And Reb Noach, without hesitation, tells him, We don't go up to Shemaim, we bring Shemaim down here. And perhaps this is why the message of Kadoshim Tiyu was said by Hakel. We are not tasked to live in Shemaim and separating ourselves from the world and living life like a hermit, but rather we bring Shemaim down here by sanctifying the world around us. And now we know. Have a wonderful day.